This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling. 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. Start, I guess, overall uh, view of the show uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the, the matches. I don't know about you guys, but one, yeah, I can't believe they got through all these matches as fast as they did without it feeling like it was rushed. Um, and overall, the crowd, I think, deserves a big round of applause. Uh, but Nick, you stayed up for the whole thing for the first time. Congratulations. <laughs> but uh, what did you think just overall the show? What were your thoughts going into it? And how do you think they did just overall, broad strokes? So, I, I mean, you may expect uh, as the WWE numbers guy, like I watch AEW, but it's not something I'm super intensely like follow all the time. And, and New Japan, I used to follow very closely. I haven't as much. So I was excited. I like the performers on the show. I think the real version of the show would have been incredible. Uh, as it stands now, it was like one of the better shows I've ever seen that I didn't care about, if that makes sense. Like yeah. all of the things I wanted to see weren't really on there but what was on there was amazing and it like expectedly so but like it did nothing blew my mind really yeah and phil i wanted to to, to that point i want to get your thoughts on this i love i'm a bit i just to put it out there i love aw i get hyped for all their shows this was probably the least hyped i was going into a pay-per-view but i w loved every match i think on this this card what, yeah, what I, I wasn't particularly hyped either, and it, I think it over-delivered almost to a match except for the last two matches, which I think slightly under-delivered. So, but I think everything <laughs> before that, I mean, I, I you know, I, I thought was, was was really, really good. I mean, even like the, and the crowd was super into everything, even like your, you know, opening uh, 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 buy-in matches, they were going nuts for Yoshihashi and Goto and all these guys that, yeah. so, uh, you know, I think that really made this. Uh, you know, the fact that they were just so into these New Japan guys, even tool one from like the opening match guy to Tanahashi and Okada, and I think that helped. And you know, I think some stuff like a lot of the stuff super over delivered. Like, I, I thought, uh, Osprey, Orange Cassidy, there was a, lo mm -hmm. a wide variety of how that match could go. And I thought, and but even at the ceiling, I didn't think it had that ceiling. So I was, I was really, really surprised about that. I thought I was like a, coming in pretty lukewarm on that. And I thought that blue uh, really overdelivered. I thought Claudio um, Zack Saber Jr. was great. Um, the the Sting working a PWG Young Bucks <laughs> Sticks man was really, really fun. Yeah. It, was, it was a it was a good show. I mean, I, the women's match I thought that was one of the better AEW women's matches they've had on. Uh, pay-per-view um 
and I thought that was really good for for the for something maybe that the crowd was kind of there to see the New Japan guys didn't have any New Japan people in it, but you know it was sort of over delivered. So yeah, it was a great show. And then the last two, the the four way and the Tanahashi Moxley, I thought were you know fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and Nick, I, I want to get because you said you were a fan of uh, New Japan. I um I always say I'm like a, a sports center fan of New Japan, whereas like I see the headlines, I know they're kind of the bigger bullet points, but I felt, and I want to know your thoughts, I kind of felt like even though they were in Chicago, the crowd seemed more interested in the New Japan guys. Am I oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, like, I, I used to watch. I, I haven't watched in a couple of years as intently as I used to. And that was what was kind of weird is, like, all those, the audio cues, all that kind of stuff, I didn't, like, instantly recognize, kind of embarrassingly so, because I used to go to, like, ROH shows in the late aughts so like i know most of these people i've seen most of them work but there was a lot of like pops that happened because that's a very very smart crowd that's about as smart a crowd as you're going to find in the united states it's a chicago crowd for an aew new japan show like that's they're preaching to the choir so i i think in terms of that they couldn't have picked a better place and that and you mentioned it earlier that kind of saved the show for me because I think if the reactions wouldn't have been as good, I wouldn't have been as into the matches because I didn't know what was going on. And I'm a WWE guy, so I'm much more used to the kind of storytelling lower work rate stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how it, it hit with me is that, like, I thought the crowd was maybe the best part of the show. Yeah, they deserve a big round of applause. Chicago, typically a great place for mm-hmm. uh, for wrestling in general, but – they really showed out. And yeah, like I said, I was kind of blown away. Even and let's just, uh, as we go through the matches, let's just start with our main event here. Uh, Moxley Tanahashi for the interim championship. Um, I hear watching this Moxley in AEW, one of the biggest good guys you could have as far as like people love him, but it felt like the crowd was really behind Tanahashi and Moxley was actually getting kind of mixed, mixed reactions. It felt like, of course, Moxley gets the win. I think most odds makers would have picked him to get the win anyways. Um, but uh, this was a bloody a bloody one. And, um, I, you know, uh, Phil, you said you were getting a little bit of fatigue at this point. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, what say you, Phil? I, I wasn't fatigued. I, I thought actually much less fatigued than I am through some of these AEW shows. I just thought, you know – I think Tanahashi's a little washed, guys. I think he's still got a, you know, a, a connection to this crowd, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think that, I mean, I think there was a point in that match. I mean, Moxley played it off of nothing. And I think there was a point in this match where he's like, all right, I just got to. I kind of just cut myself to get the crowd back into this match. I, so I don't know. I mean, I'm like, yeah, so I think that, I think that it was a really good performance by him. And I think Tanahashi was a little kind of going through the motions. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's some the stuff, ring. there's some New Japan tropes that I just absolutely hate. And the, we're going to stand there and throw 35% forearms at each other for two minutes is very, very much on the top of the list. And there were definitely some points that match where it was like, all right, we're going to stand. And then I'm going to throw a 35% forearm. And then you're going to throw a 40% forearm. And uh, that kind of stuff, you know, I'm a guy who's, I'm these days. And I was like, as soon as they broke into that, I'm like, come on, man, guys, you're too too smart and have been doing this too long to fall back on that stuff. 
Um, I thought once Moxley yeah. bladed, it got pretty good. But Moxley, man, that guy—that guy's nuts. He bleeds every match he has. He's, he'll show up in <laughs> random indie promotions and just be covered in gore every time. I mean, he legitimately. Yeah. What did he blade on? What was the? the well, was that like? Did he blade on that clothesline? The very hard ground. It's a very I don't, thin match. Does she, Moxley? Moxley bleeding is like Angel Garza taking his pants off. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. That's how it. That's how it works. At some point, he's gonna rip him off and throw him at the guy. That's that's Moxley bleeding. It's just it's gonna happen. I do. <laughs> I do have a question. Some impact. Um, did we? Something. Did we think there were a discount on yes kicks for this show? Like, were they selling them at the concession stand? Because I think every single match had a variation of the yes kicks. And they also had the variation of the yes kicks where you miss it and they catch your foot. Like, there was a couple of things in this show that I thought were repetitive in a way that kind of took me out of some of the matches. Uh, did you guys feel that way in terms of like some of the spots? And this is a very AEW thing. It feels like the agents don't talk to each other. Did you? Did either mm-hmm. of you guys get that feeling? I mean, um, a little. I mean, I think I think you know. I think there are some guys in this promotion who have very similar move sets, and they've probably, you know, I don't know. Are you going to tell the young bucks not to do super kicks? You're going to tell Adam Cole not to do super kicks? You kind of got to just have them all do super kicks, right? I mean, like, it's, it's not like right. it's, I mean, they both have the same sort of stuff, right? And I don't know if you could necessarily have the if Dean Malenko can go to the Young Bucks and say, "All right, guys, you're not doing it." The super kicks on goals <laughs> of the main event. I mean, I'm not sure what he's supposed to say there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I know that, but that was a really great match, and I'm not a Young Bucks guy, yeah. but you know, I, I thought that was really fun. And that man stink. Well, yeah, let's because let's talk, let's just jump to that one because I had the time of my life watching that match because I'm I'm just gonna front it I'm a huge Sting fan and I am one of those guys that Sting could be 107 and if he wants to wrestle I'm still gonna be like it's Sting and be excited about it. Um, Phil, how much did you pay to be in the room where they told Sting about the purple nurple part of the match and had to convince him about that part? Because I feel like that would have been an amazing conversation to be sitting in on. So you're saying that you don't think Sting is watching El Phantasmo matches on uh, <laughs> on his New Japan World <laughs> New Japan World uh, thing? You think he's fast forwarding through this? Yeah, <laughs> me and St- me and Sting fast forwarding through the El Phantasmo matches <laughs> on New Japan World together in harmony, holding hands, fast forwarding through the matches. <laughs> I know it's a cool, just, it was a fun payoff, right? He knows all that, and then he like you know tore the guy's nipples off at the end. It was kind of amusing. Oh, oh I loved it. I just wish I could have been in the room and they were like, "So Sting, what's going to happen is I'm going to twist your nipples, and then you're going to know something, and then you're going to twist my nipples." And I just wish I could see the look on Sting's face when they're telling him about this. I mean, Sting seems super down, right? He seems super <laughs> up for this shit. He jumped he off the real- roof. Yeah, he jumped off the he like, did like a stage dive to open the the show, man. He seems like he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm yeah, you know, I'm gonna do one of these Racina six PWG six man tags. I've been waiting to do one of these. Remember when he like, you know, had the period where he just worked a lot of really like violent garbage wrestling spots in TNA? Stinks nuts, man, guys. You know, you know, he was not he, he had that he had that entire year in WCW where he didn't wrestle. And he's like saved it all up, and he's like paying it, paying it back at the end of his career to a crazy shit. It is really cool to see him. Uh, and Nick, I'm gonna talk to you about this about staying it. Just like you know, different wrestlers as they get older, they have different types of matchups. But it does feel like Sting is just like I'm just gonna have fun and do whatever the kids are doing. 
and I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, it it kind of reminds me of when you get a like a Bill Walton on the '86 Celtics, uh, where it's yeah. like they know all the things they're supposed to do and can kind of fit in wherever they need to. It's it, he's become I was not a sting person actually I mean I like him he's an incredible performer but like I was really disappointed with his WWE run so to have him come back and do this and really be like a different like you hinted at a different version of sting this like crazy high flying well not high flying off of things as opposed to like doing the stinger splash because I guess he can't jump up that high anymore so he's like let me jump down off of things and that will get me the height I need would be like my guess. He still well, gets decent height on those finger splashes for a guy that old. I mean, right. I, yeah, I mean, it's not a high bar though. I mean, I played pickup basketball and I haven't jumped for a rebound in about ten years, and I'm you know, significantly younger than Stig. That's playing and, smarter, not harder. But okay. I, don't, I don't think people can jump as high as they think they can. So when they watch people like Sting do the jump, but. Uh, let's talk about one of the biggest newsworthy kind of moments, the thing that I think a lot of people were buzzing about on Twitter. Uh, Claudio is in AEW, showed up as Zack Sabres Jr.'s opponent. And um, this match to me, uh, and Nick, we can chat with you first about this one, felt like now Zack Sabre Jr. was fantastic. But to me, watching this match, it felt like the story here was Claudio is unrealistically strong. What? <laughs> I don't think it's considering how many things he does that are just like shoot strong man stuff. Like the, he did, I don't think he did as much as possible. I missed it. That suplex he does over the top rope with yeah. you on the, like he does stuff like that. I think what's cool about him is he doesn't have to fake a lot of it. And what I found interesting in this match in particular was that Zack Sabre is not a small guy. He's a thinner guy, but he's not a small guy. And every time, almost every time that Claudio tried to do something that was crazy strongman, Zack Sabre would use his size, weirdly enough, to like get out of it. I thought that was a really interesting dynamic because there's not a lot of guys with that kind of build necessarily in wwe it's either guys that are like cesaro size like your sheamus's and stuff like that or it's much smaller guys like an aj styles so to have that in between guy who's a very strong technical i thought it was to me that or the orange cassidy um lost spray match were the two matches of the night for me and i I think with cesaro he they want to show what he adds relative to the other two he's a very good technical wrestler and he's a very good like crazy hot tag kind of person which is kind of what john moxley is on some level uh but he's that perfect combination of the two and i think that's what this match showcased yeah Yeah, which which one do i write up guys i mean it's one of those two for sure right i I, i'm a little i'm a do i have do i I mean i can't i'm not david's not on the pot i can't lobby him to give me an extra match it's also (laughs) really late at night so it's like i don't have the energy to necessarily write two more matches plus finish up my fred rosser versus tom waller (laughs) new japan strong review as well uh but it's tough right because they were both really really fun i mean i'm always gonna i'm the kind of guy who's gonna lean towards that claudio zach saber jr matches my type of wrestling Way more yeah. than a Will Osprey match is going to be my type of wrestling, but man, I, I don't know. It's something to be said for blowing my expectations off the. I mean, I kind of, ex- I kind of assumed it was going to be Claudio, and I kind of assumed it was going to be really good, right? Like I, I was coming in that match hit my expectations, whereas the other one exceeded it. Maybe there's something more interesting about exceeding it. I don't know. I haven't decided. Well, well, Phil, let, let me ask you this because I look at those two matches, uh, Zach Saber Jr. and Will Osprey. 
Uh, of all the people that have come from New Japan to be on this show, those are the two guys, those are the two guys right now that are standing out to me that if I was Tony Khan, I'd be like, how do I get them to make this an extended trip? How do I get them to stick around? Did he, of these two, or maybe someone else, which one? Uh, which the Brits. Wrestler... It's not even the Japanese guys, right? It's the two yeah. British guys. Well, right. And to be fair, there's a level they can, you know, the English and they can obviously cut promos and things like that. But I mean, just even in the ring, you're watching them. You're like, these guys are incredible. I feel like they would fit right into AEW tomorrow. Or I guess they already did tonight. So Phil, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're Tony Khan, well, did anyone stand out to you that if you could throw some money at to get to stay in AEW, who, who would you go with? I mean, you know, I think Sabre, I think there's the natural Sabre Jr. versus Blackpool Combat Club thing, which I imagine is going to play out over the course of interpromotional shows. I mean, I don't know. You could also just, you know, I think very easily in between New Japan tours, bring these guys over for a show or two. They don't need to be regular parts of the show, right? I think, I mean, they're going to run Sabre Jr. Um, Danielson for sure, right? There's no doubt that's going to happen. And it's yeah, going to happen at whatever. Say, yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that, that's just definitely going to happen. And, and I imagine Osprey will be back at some point to do some things too. And, and, and you know, and I, I think that it feels like the Orange Cassidy match was good enough that at some point you're going to want to rematch from that, even though I guess, you know, you know, doesn't do a ton of rematches. So, I mean, I, well, those would be the two guys. I don't, I mean, I, I, Okada and Tanahashi obviously were both very, very over, would be my comments about their performances. Uh, <laughs> Okada felt like he was very kind of ch- uh, cash, uh, check cashing in that match. Like, I'm going to let these three white guys do a bunch of spots. I'm going to kind of hang out on the outside <laughs> of the ring and come in and throw five projects. And the crowd's going to be super happy to see me. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm not doing a Kenny Omega. 40 minute match here. I'm going to do a, a, you know, a mid tour six man tag level of effort. Um, that match was a mess, by the way. <laughs> Finish and much before that as well. But, uh, well, and, and, and to your point on that match, one, yeah, Okada felt like he definitely, from the crowd's reaction alone, felt like the biggest star on the entire show. And, um, Nick, I want to get your thoughts on this. We talked about things continuing. It's looking like we're going to see a bit more Adam Cole versus Jay White or something's going on there uh, to play out. Any uh, foreshadowing you see there between those guys? Or do you like the story that kind of is getting played out there? No. Well, the story of that match would be uh, Adam Cole getting getting uh, getting pinned off not eating any offense. What the hell was the story at the end of that match? I mean, yeah, did he know, get like I... a stinger? What the hell was that? I mean, he clearly... You know, I, I think, I guess the thing was called for was him to take the Rainmaker and then have White steal the pin, which kind of makes sense. But he ducked the Rainmaker and then kind of fell over and White stole the pin anyway. Um, but no, I like, do not oh, want to I see Jay White Adam Cole anymore. <laughs> I don't know what that well, was. I, I, I guess he got hurt. I mean, I, it makes sense. Everybody gets hurt, right? I mean, that's the story of 2022 professional wrestling is everybody's hurt. But uh, I mean, that's what kind of looked like. I mean, he just kind of fell over. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean... Phil didn't say anything I wouldn't have said. I, I'm i not a huge Adam Cole guy. I was happy to see him leave NXT. I kind of get it with Adam Cole. I'd rather see Jay White versus Hangman. Like, I, I love Hangman. Hangman's actually one of my, probably my favorite wrestler in either company uh, in mm-hmm. terms of WWE or AEW. So, like, super over with me. And I really enjoyed his aspects of the match. It's just Adam Cole has, I don't want to say he has, like, five moves of doom, but there's like you said before, Phil, like he has the super kicks. He has 
the Panama Sunrise. There's a lot of stuff that he does over and over again. And uh, I'm not body shaming him, but like he gets hurt too much. <laughs> He's too small a guy. Like I just don't, I don't care that much about Adam Cole relative to the other people that they could be pushing. So yeah, I don't want to see a Jay White Adam Cole thing either. They're also both heels. Like I'm good. I don't know. Sorry, that's too negative. I just, I'm not, yeah. (laughs) Well, have you tried saying Bebe after his name? I I mean, I used to get, uh, I yes, I've done it a bunch of times. (laughs) uh, I've done it in public randomly. Like, I I used to like Adam Cole, but you kind of see him do the same thing over and over again. Like, ever since the you can't lace my boots promo he did on Carrying Cross, I've kind of been, he's, it's been a downward trajectory for me. I was like, yeah, you're right. And then after that, it's like, oh, but I don't really care that much. I've proudly disliked Adam Cole since the very first time I saw him. I just, everybody's turned <laughs> on him on the internet now, and I was, I was, I was beating the drum of Adam of I don't, I don't, I don't get it with this guy since I saw Jimmy Jacobs work him at an Evolve show in like 2011, <laughs> and Jimmy Jacobs worked it like he was, uh, like he was um, Stan Hansen. Over this other little <laughs> tiny guy, Jimmy James, five six, and he was just bulldozing this dude. I'm like, who is this guy? So that's why I, I'm very. I feel like I've, I was a, a trendsetter. Uh, well, I like Adam dislike. Cole. Baby. Okay, yeah, right. I, I'll stand yeah. up for Adam Cole, baby. I like him. I'm a fan of him. You and might that's... not be able to see him behind you, but other than that, <laughs> oh, you're a bully, Nick. You're a bully and a body shamer. Shame on you. <laughs> Uh, so yeah i didn't think that match was very good and i didn't think i thought it i thought it it was the it it sort of encouraged the worst of adam uh page's instincts too like i thought you know he's somebody who's i've i've enjoyed a lot of the stuff he's done in AEW, but can get dragged into the adam cole zone and that's the worst adam page and that match was very Adam Cole's own, where it felt like, you know, you every guy was, I'm going to duck your move, and then you're going to reverse my move, and then we're going to do a do do and spin your partner round and round. And there was a lot of stuff like that. It was like, oh, I, yeah, he missed a clothesline. You missed his thing, and you missed a thing, and then you missed a thing. And it ended on a missed thing. It was perfect for the goofiness of the match. It ended <laughs> on a missed move. Nobody ever hit a move. It was like, well, the guy just fell fair. over because he got dizzy from ducking moves for 15 minutes and fell <laughs> well, to be fair, spin your partner, Dosi Do is cowboy stuff. So yeah, there you that go. Does fit exactly. right into, into what he does. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
but let's. Um, but I think I'm shitting on the show too much. I know this is a great show. I really do. Yeah, it was exactly. a great show, that, and I feel like we're. we're that, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the two matches I didn't like that much. I mean, I actually like the main <laughs> event five, but it was the match I didn't like as much to point out that everything else on this show overdelivered. Every other match, from the Swerve Strickland Keith Lee tag to Nick Camarado, Lance Archer to the six man that opened the show, I thought was really great. I mean, this was the show that, where. Sorry, no, I was gonna say that that buy in over delivered, by the way. I was watching, I was like, this is a, the buy in was actually an incredible show on its own with, uh, with the matches they had that had on there, whether like the Lance Archer, Nick Camarado, Keith, like the ones you just I, mentioned. I love QT Marshall trying to get booked in the next Super Juniors. Like, you know, I know you don't watch Elevation. Look at me. I'm a high flyer. Look at my <laughs> look at my space flying tire drop and, and 450 splash. Bring me over. <laughs> QT Marshall, uh, uh, Super J Cup champion. I thought that was great. It's really funny. It's weird that Aaron Solo got a spot on this show when you consider the number of people who are big big deals in AEW weren't on the show. Uh, I mean, they're, even they're like, always, those two are always together though. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're always palling around together. Uh, but speaking of palling around together, we had, uh, you mentioned that opening six man, uh, the Jericho appreciation society plus Suzuki uh, against uh, Umino, Yuta and Kingston uh, again. And Nick, I want to talk to you about this one. That was, I thought this was going to be a sports entertainer match as they would say, but Again, this one was actually just a really fun, athletic. I, I was I, all these matches. I guess I could just put the asterisk. I could say it's all of them. Were that was another really fun way to open up the uh, the actual show. Jack Eddie Kingston is not here to sports entertain you. Not twenty twenty two Eddie Kingston. Twenty. <laughs> 2007 Chara Eddie Kingston sure 2022 Eddie Kingston is going to try to take somebody's eye out and uh I thought that or, was... or slap himself I think he does have a lot of like the most sports entertainment shot I think I've ever seen at an AEW show is the last pay-per-view with Eddie Kingston looking like he just got out of like the firefight fun funhouse uh covered in blood like he does a lot of <laughs> his character is very much sports entertainment his performance isn't and i think that's what works with the jericho appreciation society is that they have guys that are quote-unquote professional wrestlers but they like dress them up as guys in a boy band and uh oh god magic oh god magic i can't think of his name i'm told daddy magic daddy Daddy magic Magic. yeah yeah, yeah, like he's he's our fantastic sports entertainer. Like they have that nice mix, and I think the match in particular worked well because everybody was there for a reason. Like it, it, that that added a lot to it. It wasn't just a random pairing per se. It was like we all hate each other, so let's like fight about it. And I always think that's a good reason for a match, especially for an interpromotional show. Nick, you got uh, WB brain. That's not. The that's not the Firefly Funhouse. That's Eddie Kingston in Tupelo, Mississippi, coming out of when 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 after uh, Onita busts a, a mustard bottle on his head. That's 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 Tully Blanchard after uh, McIntyre stabbed him in his eye. That's pro wrestling shit right there. The WWE banned the blade years ago, man. Nobody comes out bloody anymore. Well, no, sure, but the shot that was more than that... bloody. He he came out looking yeah. like yeah, he looked like. 
like out of a zombie movie. That was more yeah, than exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Moxley was bloody. This guy was just like, I got blood on me. I don't know how. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, I'm Italian. I can say that. I guess. <laughs> I'm also um, from Long Island, so we're basically <laughs> neighbors. Um, yeah. No, I I really with the first match, I thought that was the best way to kick off the show because it was the match that had the least long terms the lowest long term stakes but had these immediate stakes plus it's one of if not your most over uh, most popular or most most famous performer it's either jericho or sting I, I think it's i think it was good all around booking as much as a good match and, and that's something that i feel like with AEW shows can be missing is that they don't actually build a card that tells a story or even isn't just like punching you in the face over and over again so i thought that was a good start and i thought in terms of booking this was a very well booked show in terms of the pacing and in terms of the match order yeah credit to them right because they basically had to rebook outside of women's map for different photos mm-hmm. every one so every Oh no, Phil's turned into a robot. I think, I think Phil's, uh, <laughs> Phil, you're disappearing on us. But, uh, but Nick, let, excuse me, let me ask you about um, now. Eddie obviously has been on quite a run, but someone else who's been on quite a run is is Dax of FTR, and uh, they had a match obviously for the IWGP Tag Titles. Now they have three titles total after winning the championships. FTR seems to be on an amazing run, but I don't know. Is it just me or is it, does Dax feel like he's got? a crazy high ceiling right now. Like when he came out with the taped up shoulder, I almost lost it. You you forgot to mention that they were in Hey EW, uh, which is, (laughs) so that was probably their best appearance over the last couple of months, including this. But no, I think Mm -hmm. that what's interesting about them is that they have this whole, we're never going to break up thing. So does Mm -hmm. it become a new day thing where they kind of, keep it going but go do their own thing like you had biggie although eventually they like kind of debranded him from them but like they there's definitely a, a template that you can have where they don't break up they just kind of go their separate ways but I, as long as they don't do that i definitely think that there's an interest in him becoming a singles competitor but i think you yeah. lose all of that heat if you end up breaking up the tag team it just swallows it whole Right. I, I think there's zero chance they break them up. And I also think you don't really even need to separate them. You can just have Dax wrestle some singles matches, which <laughs> is kind of what they've been doing, right? He's been wrestling a lot of singles matches lately. They've all been really good. And then they come back and have a tag match. I think you, I think that's probably the way he's going to do it. But I, I think, uh, I think there's zero chance that they break them up. I think that, you know, that, that isn't, that, that's sort of a, a, a more recent thing where it feels like every tag team has to feud. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think Tony Khan's an old, more old school dude than that. So I think he's going to be much more like we're going to keep these guys together and have them be the Midnight Express, you know, what mm-hmm. I mean? rather than yeah. rather than run, a, you know, a, a Dax versus Cash feud, which is like almost all tag team breakup feuds bound to disappoint. Right. Like when has there yes. ever been when has there ever been a good one outside of maybe yeah. Michael's Gennetti? They had some good matches. But for most of the part, those are always bad. You guys remember when the Steiners wrestled each other in, in WCW? No. 
Oh, you no, know, I, I went uh, here for therapy to remove that. Do you remember 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 those was, really great pay per view Hardy hey, versus Hardy matches? No, I am a does. I am a late period WCW historian fan lover, so I will not take <laughs> Steiner versus Steiner slander. No, wait, wait, uh, are you, wait, wait. Are you talking about the tag team match? I think it was with Chucky and Rick Steiner versus Buff Bagwell and Scott Steiner. Is that is that the classic you're talking about? Uh, it's a masterpiece, and I think everyone should study. Uh, the, the chemistry between Chucky and Rick Steiner was off the charts. <laughs> but uh, but I feel like Dax. I mean, I don't know. Like I don't want to see FTR see FTR break up. I love them as a team, but he's been on a run of singles matches that has just been incredible. And even just today, I don't know. I'm just, I just keep thinking this guy feels like he's got a ceiling that I didn't realize he had until like 2022 started. But um, I don't think that ceiling is AEW world champion, right? That ceiling is guy on, I, I wrote about this in my column on the ringer.com a website. Everybody should check out about how Dash <laughs> Harwood has, become, has kind of become <laughs> like, uh, been like, is, is taking over that role of like TV champion where he's Arn Anderson. He's going to come exactly on and have like an 14 minute television match. That's greater. Bobby Eaton did this. And you could certainly have that happen and not, break up a tag team. You can just have him right. be like, all right, we're going to have Dax in a, a good, I mean, and Cash Wheeler had a pretty damn good singles match against Jeff Cobb on uh, Rampage this week too. So see, he right. can do it too, but I, I think obviously Dax is, yeah, he's he's rolling, I mean, for sure. And he was great in this match. And I don't, do we think that that was a stinger or do we think that was an angle? I I can't really tell. I, I feel like whenever they come back out in that kind of dramatic fashion, it's got to be something that was planned out. Yeah, especially because they kept him his tag team partner in the match. They would, if it was a shoot injury, they would have not had him stay in the match. I don't think. Well, they they had to win, right? I mean, I think I think they probably would have, if it was a shoot injury, would have kept him in because they were the scheduled to win, right? And they uh, maybe, but (laughs) if you think about it, it, that presupposes that they think it's a minor injury and not like, let's say he separated his shoulder for instance, they would just be like, all right, well, you clearly can't wrestle. Like, I don't think they're going to do the Cody thing where they go, like, oh, you tore your pectoral. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I think that they would probably have a very serious injury. I would, I would be willing to put money on this being uh, complete work. Uh, just the way they did it. That's what you can like. certainly pop your shoulder out, pop it back in, and then and be not fine, but be be able to compete yes. in a couple. Like, there's a difference. There's, <laughs> it depends on what kind of separated shoulder we're talking about. Right? You can separate your shoulder. There are people <laughs> whose shoulders separate all the time, and that's like just something that happens to their shoulder. Randy Orton separated a bunch. Yeah, shoulders. yeah. The, the, mean, the P- PCO separated his shoulder as part of an angle. In an impact match about a couple uh like two weeks ago and he's so gross if i separate my shoulder i'm on the shelf for I'm a out. year i don't care i'm, I'm done i'm done <laughs> i yeah. i retire if that happens i make <laughs> online training courses and if i separate <laughs> my shoulder i'd just be like nah man i'm good uh you're gonna have yeah. to i'm i'm sorry <laughs> clearly clearly you guys are clearly you guys are made of some weak stuff that's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a yeah, proud right. man. Yeah, I, I, me, I throw a little, uh, me, I throw a little uh, baking soda on it and, and rub some cussing on it. Rub some cussing on it and get right back out there. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I guess we're made of different things, guys. I, I, understand. <laughs> I guess I'm just built different. Dog. I guess I'm just right. built different than you guys, dog. It's right. If I cut my fingernail a little too short, I'm done for the day. Yeah, um, dude. I got to do a lot. <laughs> but we have, uh, we have two more matches I, I definitely want to touch on real quick. Uh, first, the uh, AEW Women's Championship, Tony Storm, Thunder Rosa, 
Uh, Thunder Rosa gets the win, and I guess um, that was, it was a good match, but I'm just left wondering, and Phil, I'll ask you this, what's next for Tony Storm and who can beat Thunder Rosa? I feel like they've kind of – I don't know what would be – it feels like we're at kind of a hard stop here in that division. Well, I mean, I, one of the things about having these two separate kind of paths is you, what's next for Tony Storm could be Jay Cargill, right? Like you could just move her over to that part of the – area and then you could you know switch once athena or um or um uh, Chris Statlander. Statlander gets beat by jade cargill you can just kind of shift them back over to thunder rosa kind of having these all, two separate trains kind of allows them to easily kind of move people back and forth i also think they may be waiting on uh the a little bit on the uh on the adjudication of certain contract issues someplace else Mm, uh, and and yeah. so I I mean there, there is a there is a there is a this is the the perfect time if you're a a woman who wants out of their contract to uh, to uh, harumph a little bit and say you've got uh, reporters numbers on speed dial um, and, and, <laughs> and, and so I mean I think there's part of it that's that I mean I think it's some I was half expecting music to hit after that match um, that would that would have been. I didn't expect it to happen, but I felt like, to your point, I was thinking something similar, and I was thinking that would have been a like total Twitter breaking moment if that happened. But mm. uh, obviously, probably. Oh, that had been by far the biggest news of the show, and it had been close. Like, if if, right. if who we're talking about uh, number six on the the power board, uh, if <laughs> they they had shown up at the show, yeah, that'd be one of the biggest stories in wrestling of the last two years uh, in the ring. Obviously, right. Um, right. I, was, I was about to say that's a very that's a, that's the that's big story. Right that's, that's yeah. Wall Street Journal yeah. articles come to my Apple news feed. I can forward them to you if you need. <laughs> no, well, you know what? I'm I I don't like to think about what happens. I kayfabe only. That's. That's how I live hey, my life. Look, I, look, I'll be honest, man. That's that's a good approach many times. No, it's not. What they do is terrible. They're bad people. No, I mean from our standpoint, just don't don't get too involved in the. Uh, the don't the work scenes. yourself into a shoot, Nick. Is what I think you're telling you to do. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and if it's if it's something that's lined up, maybe it makes sense they didn't do it tonight anyway because you want to have Claudio mean something, and he means a lot less. If, if, Sa- if Sasha Banks shows up, too. That's, right? that's like, very true. Claudio is clearly, he's the, I mean, it's Shibata, too, but Claudio is, you know, the, the surprise that's going to mean something in two weeks, where Shibata right. was clearly just a, a cool moment for the crowd. Um, right. Because I don't even think he can wrestle anymore. They kept on saying, is he setting up a match for Will Osprey? I'm like, that guy like, had a stroke and almost died. His brain is, you know... Uh, if you took a, a MRI of his brain, it would look like a spoiled banana. I don't really think anybody wants him out here getting hit and bladed in the back of the head by Will Osprey. At least I hope not. Because that guy, that guy looks like he's doing brain. I mean, he, well, that move looks like he is reckless and uncalled for and brain damaging every time he does it to anyone, much less somebody with who had you know had, had you know so much such a serious injury. Yeah, um, Shibata was definitely a cool. It was very cool to see Shibata, but there was that like, but no, but really, what does it mean? You know, the, the commentators are saying, but what does this mean? I think, no, but really, 
What is that? It means, it means yeah. that people were, it means the crowd went nuts to see Shabbat and he got to come in and kick some people, and that's what it means. I don't think it yeah. means anything past that point, but it was a cool moment. Uh, you know, and, and sometimes you just create a moment for the moment that you're in, right? You create something for the crowd, you create people, something people are going to get excited about. It doesn't necessarily have to pay off in, in you know, two weeks or three weeks or even, you know, next week. I think right. that's what that was. I wanted one of the things I wanted. I think somebody I saw some people talk about it in the chat. I do love the fact that Eddie Kingston uh, immediately started like cursing at Cla- at uh, Cesaro. Yes. Not not forgetting, not forgetting the issues he had with them training him and Blackjack Mariano in 2014. Like Eddie's gonna, that is the ultimate grudge holder, right? Like I'm not gonna let this go. I hate this motherfucker for some Shikara politics shit from like 15 years ago. So I'm going to immediately go after him and do that. And, uh, uh, I, uh, and That's I how you know he's that. from New York, by the way, like yeah. 100%. Just like, yeah. I will never forgive you for this. Like, no. is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just I just love this idea of like this, they're built, they're just bringing every, every grudge uh, Eddie Kingston's ever had and letting him have do wrestling programs about it. Let him work out his, work out his issues in the ring. Uh, well, if he keeps cutting those promos, they're definitely going to let him do that. They're like, whatever weird shit you're into, man, we'll just keep bringing him in. Like, <laughs> I mean, the great thing about, I mean, I, I, I talk about, I think I talk about this every time we talk about AEW, with the fact that we're that we're getting this Kingston run, that this late in his career, this is a guy who's been doing this kind of amazing shit for 20 years, just on very small stages, right? It's like you, you're seeing like your favorite band get a real moment, you know, tw- 15 years after their best album. I mean, Eddie Kingston was cutting those kind of promos, you know, on IWA Mid-South shows in the middle, you know, in between Ian Rotten matches, you know, for a decade, right? Or for Chikara and all that kind of stuff. And having these kind of matches, that going back that far. And he was just always always assumed he would be a guy who never would get a moment to do this on a big stage, you know? And it's it's awesome that he is. I remember when they signed him and they put him like, having him manage the butcher and the blade or something like that. I think, ah, what a fucking waste Eddie Kingston up do that. And it's smart that they realize, boy, this is a giant waste Eddie Kingston. We better do something real with him pretty quickly. Yeah, he is, he is one of the best signings I think AEW's had. Uh, and he just... I think pound for pound, he is the best. Like, in terms of return on investment, because I don't know how much they actually had to do. Like, with Jade, Jade would probably be the other choice. They've had to build her, and she's done it incredible. She's taken to it very quickly, but there's a lot of development time in that. With Eddie Kingston, you just kind of let him go. Like, the, in terms of a signing, it probably wasn't that much money. It was just a really good contract that they signed. I, I think it's their best, like, post-debut signing. Yeah, it's uh, he's been absolutely incredible, and I feel like they could use him for so much so much longer, too, just because when you can talk like that, you can do things even beyond the ring. Oh, he can manage for another five years after he's done in the ring. I want to talk about, we have one more match and uh, that we haven't talked about yet. And uh, someone who maybe is getting a, a stage before they're late in their career. And uh, it was Clark Connors facing Pac, facing Miro, facing Malachi Black. And um, this was, it was another fun one. Pac wins the All-Atlantic Championship. But uh, I walked away thinking that Clark Connors guy got me to believe in him, even though I knew there was no chance he was going to win that match. But I tell you, I was watching. I was like, let's go, Clark. I was with the fans on that one. Um, now, Phil, 
Clark wasn't going to win that match, but did, were you buying into him? Did you like him standing? I thought, yeah, one? I thought he was. I thought he was great. I remember thinking when I when you heard that the, the, that was the replacement, I'm like, man, you guys got to call a better audible than than a random guy from the New Japan LA Dojo. But yeah, talk about overperforming your moment, right? Talk about the guy who gets the 10 day contract and put it yeah. hits six threes, right? It's like, all right, I'm not going back to, to this, the G league, right? You're not doing it. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to over for it. And also, you know, the guys in that match were significantly bigger stars than him mm-hmm. gave him moments to really shine. You know, they didn't eat him up the way you might imagine. You might eat a guy up like that who gets, you know, thrown in a match last minute that nobody's ever heard of them. Uh, really, and yeah, I thought he was great. I thought uh, I thought Miro uh, was great, and you know, I thought all those guys in the match were pretty good. Uh, and uh, Miro's, a, and we were talking about Eddie Kingston's being the uh, managing the butcher and the blade or something when he came in. But remember Miro's initial AEW gimmick where he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like the best man of that British guy who they uh, fired, Kips Kips Sabian. Kips Sabian, <laughs> remember that? You know, they luckily have some sense to move on from their bad ideas pretty quickly. <laughs> there was something about him really liking video games. It was terrible. And then at some point they realized, oh, we should probably just let this guy, you know, murder people. Do and Miro he, shit, yeah. Do they, Miro right. shit, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. He, um, I was watching this, and um, and and Nick, let me get your thoughts on this. I, I just thought to myself, Miro, the God's Redeemer versus Malachi Black and the House of Black. Felt like to me a rivalry that prints money. Oh, that yeah, means evil demon yeah. guys versus God's Redeemer. Like, I feel like it writes itself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll be rooting for the House of Black, but like in terms of a money feud, that's that's about as money as you get in terms of good, not good and evil, but like both of again, it's hard because both of like Miro's not a nice guy, he's not like a, a pleasant redeemer for God, he's like a vengeful <laughs> redeemer for God, a pleasant redeemer. <laughs> So, like, you do have that. So you do have to figure out, like, is it how vengeful can God's wrath be is, like, actually a really interesting story to have when you go against the devil. So I, I think it can work. But, like, then he's going to have to get people to work with him. Like, he can't beat the House of Black by himself uh, would be my assumption. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know for sure. Um, I did want to mention... Real quick. I, I just I don't know I don't I I feel like Miro running through like uh, Buddy Matthews and and not maybe not running through them but like fighting off all these guys and just being unstoppable would be kind of cool to see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, don't, I think I don't think I, we need I don't think we need to give him lackeys. I, I agree with Jack. I think you can just have him, you know, fight the odds off, you know, one on three until until he finally gets Malachi Black in a cage or something. You know what I mean? There's, there's a wrestling way to do this, right? Mm-hmm. I've outnumbered, but I'm not, you know, I'm just going to do this on my own uh, kind of thing. Um, the only problem with that feud is that means that we will get a lot more Malachi Black mumble mouth nonsense promos about That's my favorite dark, um, kind of promo. It's so the worst. <laughs> yeah. I know for yeah. a fact I can so go bad. to the bathroom oh. during the promo because oh he's not going to say anything of any no, importance. It really is. It it's really a pee is. break. I, I am I I'm I want to I I want a, a uh, petition or something like that. What are the what are those peti- online petitions to ban all fake Kevin Sullivan's from wrestling for five years? Just ban them all. Just get rid of there ought single, to be a law. <laughs> every single guy doing spooky stuff for them. Just like, it's just like you know it's basically been done right like three times ever, and then every other time it's been done it's been terrible. Um, yeah. I, I think Kevin Sullivan. 
Uh, Mordecai, the, obviously. No, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I do my three. My three is parts of the Undertaker, but not most of the Undertaker. Kevin Sullivan. The parts where he doesn't talk, I would hope, because he was bad at it. But yeah. continue. And then, and then the, and then uh, NWA Anarchy's The Devil's Redress. The other place it's done well. Uh, everybody can read about them in in my book, Way of the Blade: Hundred of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling History, available on Amazon.com. But yeah, that those was the only three. Beautiful plug. That was oh, beautiful. Yes. You should be proud of that. Natural, natural. Uh, yes. I did want to uh, give one person props that we have. Kevin Kelly. Um, to yes. see him go from where he was in WWE. Obviously, he's been working with New Japan for a long time, but to have him be the guy, because Clark Connors, right? That's the guy's name. Um, mm-hmm. He, him, he warned us, or not warned us, but tipped us off, like watch out for this guy. So I, I was looking out for him to do stuff in the match, and he did that throughout the night. He kind of guided us through a lot of the stuff that I didn't pick on, pick up initially that the crowd did. He would very quickly like slip in an expla- explanation along with Excalibur in a way that was, and it's something that AEW does very, very, very well. It's a very informative. Uh, announcers and commentators that actually help you understand what you're watching. And, and Kevin Kelly, I thought, did an excellent job tonight. He, he was great. And I also really loved the fact that when he was talking about the Tanahashi thing, he kept talking about how Tanahashi is the year to take a toll on him to, to explain to the audience why this guy looks so washed. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a nice <laughs> bit of commentary. It's like, this oh, dude's this old. Guy, Leave him alone. He's tired. <laughs> taking all, done a lot of high fly flows. They really slowed him down a little bit. If you're wondering why the crowd is so into this guy and you've never seen him before and he looks pretty slow and a little awkward. <laughs> And That's why, guys. These are bags of rocks? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I was, but to your point, I thought he was incredible. I thought he, like, his voice was clear. He was delivering points that mattered. Like, he was saying it quickly. Like, he was, I don't know, I, I agree. I thought he was an absolute star on commentary. I thought he really showed out. I mean, obviously, he's, he's, he's already signed somewhere, but if, if they had him on uh, AEW more often, I'd be... Oh yeah, I think that's going to be one of the more fruitful parts of the and uh, the New Japan and AEW relationship is the storytelling we're going to get for New Japan through someone like Kevin Kelly. I also really liked how they kind of brought in, you know, brought in some commentators, brought in mm-hmm. JR for the main event, but not for the undercard, and how they brought in uh, Tony Schiavone to talk about Sting. You know what I mean? That was I thought that was fun. Where the, the guy uh, Caprice Coleman, although I don't think it was Caprice's best night, but I think him coming into the ROH matches were 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 uh, is always is always good. I kind of liked how they did. I think they missed. I think we missed Regal. I thought Regal should have come out and done uh, done some comment done commentary for the Claudio match um, or the main event. Uh, but he seemed pretty. Uh, but uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool. I like how they do that. Uh, they've got a lot of different guys that are going to show up for a, a segment. I did. I, I love one of my favorite lines of the night for commentary was uh, Tony Schiavone saying, it's Sting. Well, that's what I came out to do. <laughs> <laughs> my work here is done. My, yeah, that's what I said. Because he's a pro. He's a pro. In, <laughs> out. <laughs> that was, uh, Would you yeah, like that... two shots of latte with that? that he's a pro. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a cool thing to Tony Schiavone man like for a guy who who was seemed so beat down by wrestling by the at the I, end of the night he just he seemed like he just hated his job and you know like I mean oh, by the, it, like you wouldn't man like that, no. that was terrible Mark yeah. Madden standing next to you like what day what kind of day is that right I mean for, <laughs> then for a guy who, like I mean I think he showed off on one uh TNA pay-per-view early like during cut the a work book. shoot right 
yeah, <laughs> Russo or something, and then disappeared for like 20 years, and now he's back, and seems like he's really, uh, you know, enjoying himself and really likes wrestling. It is like a totally positive, uh, you know, uh, part of that show. And for a guy who's been part of my childhood, is like a, you know, during the, you know, as an announcer for the, you know, NWA and on a TBS, it's kind of just cool. It's like, hey, this guy's back in my life, and a, a, like a positive part of it. Just neat. Yeah, I, don't want to... I love Tony. Shouts love, love, out to Tony Schiavone, man. And, and Ross even, you know, is, who also is, you know, is maybe not, has his best years or past him too. I mean, still can kind of deliver a moment. They use it perfectly, I feel like. Right. Um, and he, so, well, in, so, yeah, the, the commentary, you know, Excalibur is always as good. I think Taz is good. They've done, a really, they've done a really nice job on that. For, you know, I think the WWE's got a lot of sort of interchangeable dudes that I, you know, yeah. Um, who kind of just are there doing the thing and don't have as many like unique personalities outside of Pat McAfee. Well, because they're all the same guy's voice just coming out of different bodies. Like that's what happens literally like say this, say this, don't say this. Like you kind of just, and that's one of the things that AEW, and I think overall, this is the kind of show that WWE could never do. I think that was, was really cool. We, I don't think we will ever see a new Japan wwe show ever like i don't think that's possible of course not (laughs) and that's what's that's what's great about the existence of a company like aew like however you feel about their marketing their uh roster decisions stuff like that having this as a thing that they can pull in different places uh, wrestling from around the world helps wrestling in a way that wwe doesn't other than being a big platform Mm -hmm. yeah overall i thought that like I said, blew this blew my expectations out of the water. Um, way back going into it, I was kind of like, eh, literally even this morning, I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm really into the show, but I feel like it was one of my favorite shows that I've watched theirs in a long time. Uh, as we kind of wrap things up here, we we've gone through everything. Let's get your kind of everyone's final thoughts. Nick, just kind of overall final thoughts on everything as we wrap things up. I, I'm glad this was my first show to do the post game show on uh, because there was enough to talk about that. I was like, I don't know. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> I also was, it was worth staying up for. So two thumbs up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't six hours, so it's not yes. super late. Uh, but, uh, but Phil, any, any final takeaways before we uh, wrap things up? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think this is an argument for the best AEW pay-per-view ever. I don't think it had the absolute peak match, but I think uh, I think overall the matches were, for the most part, over-delivered for a show that was, you know, completely and utterly snake bit. And the fact that you could have something that was that snake bit, just just as bad a luck as you could get, right? Just injury mm-hmm. after injury after weird political decision. And that you end up sort of pulling it all together and delivering a show that certainly everybody everybody in that audience left incredibly happy they were at. And I think I think anybody who paid money for the pay per view would I, I, I have I have a hard time believing that you would have paid the money for that pay per view and then felt like you didn't get your money's worth. Like if you're gonna kick in the money for it, then that had to have delivered what you hoped it would deliver. Yeah, I I agree completely. I think it it, it I think it delivered in all accounts. So. To me, I say it's a success. I'm sure people will see whatever the buy rate is and use that as a barometer about whether or not it was a good show. But I thought it was a good show one way or the other. Um, I, think I mean, that's, I, that's oh. a weird thing. Because let's talk about it for a second. Yeah. They don't care how many pay-per-views they sold, right? I mean, they care yeah. about putting on a television program that does a certain amount of rating 
for uh, the, they get the renewed television contract for a higher number, and they're doing that. And I right. think they're happy. He's perfectly happy that that thing sold out in a day, which it did. So I, I don't. Right. I mean, yeah, I think the idea of like we got to check their pay per view buy numbers. I mean. WWE obviously doesn't care about that at all anymore, right? They give them away all for free, and they haven't had Roman Reigns may not wrestle on more than three uh, live <laughs> events all year, right? Like, three right. live events all year. And I think at AEW, even though they're still doing pay-per-views, the idea that they're uh, living on dying on the buy rates. But the conversation will be about yeah, yes. that, because right. we live in a nightmare hellscape. Right, that's why I'm right. trying to change the conversation. That's what I'm going to try to do. <laughs> right. Right. Like I, I feel like I changed the conversation about um, about uh, Adam Cole. I'm hoping to change the conversation <laughs> yeah. about the buy rights. You also have to remember that, you know, I mean, at its heart, right, AEW is a guy who used to type out John McAdams tape lists for him to get free tapes and, and still remembers flame wars he had on message boards 20 years ago with the money to make a wrestling promotion. So the success in is a different kind of success, right? It is not a publicly traded co- company in any real way. It's a guy who who happened to inherit a fuck ton of money spending it on putting together some fun wrestling shit. The thing that I would do if I won the lottery, right? Uh, yes. You know, and that, that in some ways is inherently what AEW is. The idea of like, oh, this isn't a good buy rate or we got to worry about the ratings. It's like... You know, or what? Right? Like, right. Is, you think the guy with an un, virtually unlimited checkbook is going to stop writing the checks? What does he care? He's he gets to he gets to bring in Kazuka, uh, Okada and have the crowd go nuts because Okada's there, and gets right. to you know book it gets to book like you know stuff like that. Well, and I always say I don't really care how much they sold. I had a good time watching it. That's on yeah. them to worry. That's for them to worry about. Yeah, whatever. I'm not gonna spend my spend any of my emotional energy worried about Tony Khan's pocketbook. He's doing right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I read um, the pay per view buy rate, and I just like look wistfully out into the the nothingness. <laughs> That's what I do. Is I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a. They were gonna sell a hundred and. Two, but they sold only ninety-seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leave dearie. the man, leave alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I think I think that does it for us. I think we're gonna wrap things up. I do. We we didn't get to the chat much today, but I do want to thank everyone who's in there. Uh, Edgar, uh, Santi, Brian, Rob, Lopez, Danny Sanders, uh, everyone else in there. Nick Muldoon. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us in the in the chat. Uh, thanks so much for joining me after show. Of course, make sure to follow uh, Ringer Wrestling on Twitter. Check out The Ringer and check out all the podcasts. Uh, Mac Mania, Cheap Heat, Mask Man, and obviously check out Phil's book. Check out all the stuff over there. Um, but I think I think that does it for us. Do you guys have anything you want to plug before yeah. we get out of here? Three best matches of the week uh, is coming on Monday. So I'll write, be writing about I got to decide now that I'm done talking to you guys about what I'm writing about, but I'm also writing about uh, Becky Lynch, Oscar, and and uh, Fred Rosser versus uh, Tom Lawler this week. So check that out. That should be out sometime tomorrow, early afternoon, late morning. Um, Nick, you got an update on your your power rating uh, uh, deal? A minor one. Uh, we usually do the big updates for the pay per view. I did want to plug my best friend's book. It's How to Ace Your Comeback. It's a mystery story about a small time wrestling promotion that a very famous old wrestler goes to and nearly gets killed at it's it's awesome and uh you should definitely check it out 
Very that, cool. Good good on you for supporting someone else. Yeah, in your, I just in your plugged family. my fucking book. I, yeah. I have friends yeah, I, who wrote books I, too. I'm again, not going to say a goddamn word about them. Yeah. courses online. I like, that's my life. <laughs> well, I, I teach the LSAT. We all got things that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. anybody, if anybody <laughs> listening to this is, is thinking about taking the LSAT, hit me up on uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Twitter. Got a very reasonable well, yeah. rates. <laughs> yeah, follow me at Real Jack Farmer and buy my stuff and support me. But uh, good on you, Nick, for supporting yep. a friend. Uh, that does it for us. I think I'm going to hang it up now. Uh, guys, thanks for chatting with me. This is Deuces. Later, guys.